I got you over them No big surprise you left them down again You did it all for an elevated you From the closet in your room You did it all for you And that's what I Hey everybody, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast, episode number 140. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we go into the list, the comic books that we're looking forward to coming out September 19th. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week it's back to school and we're going to be taking a look at some of the bad seeds in the class. Some of the failed sidekicks we've had over the years from comic books. We're looking at UDC. <laughs> mostly because mostly. mostly because they had the sidekicks and mostly because we're a DC podcast. We we're not really, we don't aim to be. It just kind of turns out to be that way. But as in all things, we always start off with drinking. And John brought the beer today and we've got two. One from Blue Point and, and then one, one from, from Harpoon. Harpoon. And we're bringing you uh, the first one, the Blue Points, um, Oktoberfest, Long Island Brewery. Is that why you? I was gonna grab a bottle, but it's too far away. Because I want to, you know, we oh, look at the information on the bottle a lot of times. Okay, I was like, did you just forget who you got me brought? No, I was looking to see. Yeah, there's Long not really Island. a lot of information on the box. That's okay. It's Blue Points, it's a Blue brewery Point. we've had before. Um, I'd say one of my favorites, but I realize the only thing I really like from them is the toasted lager, so I don't think I can put them up at that you, level. You don't optical. like the uh, optical illusion? Like, illusion. The optical's okay, but it's not going to be my go-to IPA. No. Toasted lager is, uh, it's, it's up there as your favorite, so you can call the brewery one of your favorites, because they make one of your favorite beers. Eh, see, I really like McDonald's chicken sandwiches, but I'm not going to call them one of my favorite restaurants. Mm-hmm. That's true. Or that was might, not brought to you by McDonald's. Or you might just like one player on a team. Like, I really like Clint Dempsey, but I don't like Tottenham. Hotspurs. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Toast Lager is good. Toast Lager is really good. But Oktoberfest is good. Here, it's... Here's the thing. You know what it reminds me of? The Toast Lager, just with a little bit of spice. It's got but just But it doesn't, a, yeah. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's not that toasted kind of flavor. It's really flat. You do get a Hint of something, a kick at the end on the back end, a little bit of bite, but um, it's kind of ghosty up front, I think. There's really not a lot to it. It's not bad, mm-hmm. but not great. Yeah. What have any of the Oktoberfests been? No. Great. The, the Saranac was probably the best of the actual Oktoberfests that we've had. I still say that the uh, that the Breckenridge did say. Munich malts and Belgian hops. I, I'd say so. It made me think that it was a Oktoberfest. It's, I mean, it's what it's autumn a, beer. We we said we'd let those in, and I think out of the fall beers, that's the best. I, I've really learned for this that I don't like Oktoberfest. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna get nitpicking then too because if we're gonna say fall beers, no, one of the pumpkin ones would be. Far beyond that. Yeah, but we're doing a whole competition after this of the pumpkin beers. I know, but it's... Well, we'll put the pumpkin beers... You can't say say the fall beers, because I I consider uh, the pumpkin beers more folly than Oktoberfest. Hey, sometimes we're right now playing in the double A's, or or the triple A's. 
this is uh this is the AHL, okay? We're not ready to play in the NHL yet. Well, with nope, any because, of these beers. because nobody can play in the NHL right now. Yep. Lockout. Stupid. It's kind of topical. But that's not Weekend Geek. I want to talk about the beer more. Yeah, we can talk about the beer more. Or do we want to go into Weekend Geek? What did you just say? I didn't I, hear you. <laughs> you repeated what I said. <laughs> I do. I just. I kind of want to talk about it a little bit more because, yeah, I don't like Oktoberfest that much. And it's yeah. No, there's, there's, I, there's so much not anything to them. It, what's so weird though is I'm in the grocery store and people go by and see Sam Adams has their Oktoberfest out and they're like, oh yeah, Oktoberfest, this is going to be great. That's oh yeah, it's time got, for beer. I think one more week of September left. I was actually gonna grab the Sam Adams one because mm-hmm. Aaron from over at Conventions of a Movie Snob he really dug it and also saw the Great Lakes one on the shelf today. Mm-hmm. So. I, I love Great Lakes. We've been treated well by them. Um, I'm hoping one of those two, at least, I can really get behind. Because otherwise, it's... I would yeah. just say, I don't want to do this next year. Yeah, I, nope. I would say no more... More pumpkin beers. Yeah, no, I, I would I would not even order an Oktoberfest like, out at a bar now. Yeah, I'm, and I always thought, like, oh, Oktoberfest. Oh, I got Oktoberfest. No. And, yeah. Why I mean, would like, we think we like them? I it's, don't know. <laughs> what did we think they were that well, were, the they're not? Anytime we, I feel like we've had an Oktoberfest, we haven't had this many back to back, week to week. It's like you go out, you get an Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, oh, it's good. And then we follow that up with something completely different. That's how we drink when we go to a bar or mm-hmm. a restaurant or a pub. Like we're sampling stuff. We're getting different things. I feel like when you're not really just looking at it for what it is, you kind of, you can't see the forest through the trees. But yeah, but at the same time, like, we all know that we don't dig pilsners. Yeah. And like, we've had pilsners like, eh, it's a pilsner that's good that we like every once in a while. Well, so I far, think, what, the Euro- Wright brothers and, and Euro pills. Yeah. yeah. And Kristen didn't like Euro, Euro pills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the right pills is probably the one that I like the most. Actually, from Great Lakes, you said. No, it was the right. It was the right pills from uh, Great yeah, Lakes that you like yeah, more, more anymore. But uh, we drink a lot of beer. We do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you would think you would think we would have caught on to this a lot earlier. But we are all expecting more spice in these. Yeah, I think. And why do we think? Why did I we think that? I don't know why we thought that. I Unless really don't know. Think everybody just changed them. Maybe we're just in such the fall mood that we get looking for those pumpkin beers. And then right after that, we get all the holiday seasonals where we get mm-hmm. that, the nice spice and it's cinnamon. You, you get a little bit of the, the spice on some of the Oktoberfest, but not, I think, in the quantity that we. Can prefer. we name a German spice? What is uniquely German? What is a spice that's uniquely German? Can also be turned into soap. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man! I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I expected, I, I expected that <laughs> remark from Paul when we were trying to write our holiday special. <laughs> I I I don't know. That, exactly. The use the same spices as everyone else. They're just angry when they mix them in. Was it like caraway seeds? I don't. I like caraway rice though. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't... I'm trying to think of something that's uniquely German, and all I can think of is sauerkraut. You know, like yeah, vinegary. Like even their German potato salad's full of vinegar. Yeah, which I like German potato salad. It's really good, warm. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of want some right now. Vinegar. I've been hungry today. I just haven't eaten really. I had a mini microwave pizza and then a couple of handfuls of cheese balls and wait a and second. Corn chips. Are you are you uh, succumbing to the advertisements inside of comic books where he, they what? just where they get is it that I don't I don't pay attention to the advertisements. What is it? The Red Baron advertisement where it's just a guy no, eating a whole pizza. I'm grabbing one of your just, comic books here. The only it's a full page I really like pay attention to is when I open it up and I'm like, it's a comic page, but it's not continuing it. Or it's a double page splash that like throws me off. It's not a double page spread. It's just one. Uh, and it might be in the Marvel books. Okay. I don't even know. What, it just might not be I've in this it. month. I mean, I'm just flipping through a book here. And... I just remember the subway ones that Chris loved. Those are awesome, and it's, that's why it's like this guy with a frozen pizza, and he's eating the whole pizza by himself, like just holding it up oh, in I've, his mouth. I've done that. Well, it's not like, like holding up. I'll cut it in half and eat half of it. And then I'll go back later no, and get the other half. The whole whole pizza he's gonna mound. There was this one frozen pizza. It was a chicken like a chicken Caesar pizza. It was delicious. That sounds pretty good. And I would get it, I'd cook it, and then it was a thin crust, so I'd roll it up and eat it like a like a wrap. Yeah, I I fold my pizza in half. I make it into like a pizza sandwich. No, but I take the whole circle and just roll it up. See, I wouldn't like, like to burrito. roll it. It was good. Especially with a thin crust, I feel like it would break. No. It worked well. Hmm. It will demonstrate Paul, later to you. Paul's... <laughs> that's I'm vaguely sexual for some reason. <laughs> I don't think I want you to show me. Yeah, Paul's did. flipping through comic books right now. I think he's looking for that advertisement. And I he's returning defeated. Yeah. That's no, okay. Next time I'm reading a comic book and I see it, I'll, I'll make a Just note tear out the page and bring it over to us. <laughs> but I, I I'll might put be, a sticky note on the page. I might so be succumbing out. to that advertisement with just not even realizing I've seen it. Yeah, but he hasn't looked through a comic book until just now. Yeah. Subliminal. No, they've been in comic books before No, I know, but... They've been in there for a few months. Have you read a comic book I've read all the... I read all those uh, Justice League Darks last night. Yeah, so... Wait, it's magic. So that's like four, five months worth of books right there. But Mm -hmm. I don't... I try not to pay attention to that stuff. I'm really into the story. Mm Mm-hmm. I always hate those shoe ads in the DC ones. Oh, yeah. The Converse ones? Yeah. Live in your world, play in ours, or something like that? No. Or leave that's, your that's, world. That was Sony's. Oh, yeah, it's leave your world, enter ours. And it's the split down the middle of the page with... Yeah. yeah. They don't bug me too much. I think it's just a crappy advertisement. Yeah, because it's a really crappy world that we would be entering. Yeah. I'm not be- bleeping those. No, crappy's okay. Okay. But, uh... What isn't crappy is news. We love news. We love it. Uh, probably the biggest comic book news, and we were kind of debating whether or not it mattered. Uh, again, maybe because we're just DC prejudiced or DC not biased. Uh, Professor X, spoiler alert. This is from uh, Avengers vs. X-Men number 11. So please read it, and if you've been on the internet all, at all uh, recently, then you've already known, is dead. And Brian Michael Bendis said, I haven't even begun my X-Men run, and I limited the X-Men down to under 300 people, uh, mutants down to 300 people, killed off uh, Professor Xavier, <coughs> gave Wolverine his memory back, and I have not started my X-Men, and I have not wrote, wrote a single X-Men book yet. And this came as a shock to me, because I didn't even know Professor Xavier was still alive before. I saw him walking around in the pages of Wolverine and the X-Men. I was like, oh, I guess he's he's back to life. But then he was never dead. Paul just told us before the show he was just 
disappeared after. Yeah, House of M, really? Like, right? Because yeah. they, they went to his grave in House of M. And then he was kind of disappeared, but then he would show up off, you know, sometimes, like in Wolverine and the X-Men walking around. So, and he was in a coma during X-Men Legacy, and that's the start of the book. They found him in a coma someplace, and I guess that's when he got, that's where you had to read to get out when Next Men Legacy was all about reliving the memories of Professor X telling those old stories in a new way, I guess. Uh, I never read X Men Legacy because it didn't really matter to me. But uh, Professor X, I think, has really, for the past, I guess, 10 years, been about the ideas that Professor X has been tra- uh, portraying. And people playing off of that, and not off the character of Professor X at all, because he's always been a like a dick. Yeah, he's been a jerk, and but no, but he's not around to play off of that anymore because nobody needs to because they're no longer teenagers. He's already inspired everyone. Yeah, he's pointless at this point. Everyone's grown up; they've moved on. Exactly. He, he he's not a character that matters anymore. Because there's nobody to play off of him anymore. Even Magneto, when you make Magneto a good guy, or on the good side, like, what's Professor X going to do? Become bad? And become, what was the horrible crossover of Magneto, Psyche, and... Oh, Onslaught. Oh, yeah, Onslaught. Is that what they were going to do again? No. So, it kind of killed him off, but... He's, he's a character that's long been dead already. Just, yeah. He doesn't, he's he pointless. Would, he'd die, he'd come back. He'd die, he'd come back. Hey, I can walk again. Oh, I'm back in the chair. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like when you were a kid, he was, you always kind of, like, you always thought of him like, the leader of the X-Men. But really, like, Scott was really leading the X-Men. Yeah. He just paid for their costumes. Well, Angel did. <laughs> but... He brokered the deal for the costumes. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, he, he really is not like, he comes off more saintly in other medium, other media than comic books though. Even in the X-Men cartoons, which I grew up with, and that's where I learned most of my X-Men stuff from, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because it's all wrong. Uh, Professor X was never really a jerk, except for the two episodes where his son showed up. And they had with, you know, hung out with Moya. No. Taggart. But yeah, he's a jerk in the comic books, and that's what I think they've never done right, is have him kind of redeem himself. He's been an absentee leader and a father to Cyclops, and he's never had that moment of pure redemption to take back the lead of the X-Men. To actually prove that, no, I have the clear vision for this team. I know what to do. Let's stop hanging out and hiding away on Utopia or trying to become the superpower team, like, he basically should have done what Wolverine did, which is like, no, Scott, I'm coming here, I'm taking back the kids, I'm opening up the school. Instead, Wolverine does it. And that makes Wolverine matter more, because, of course, he needs to matter more. And Professor X is just left on the bleachers, where they kill him off when he hasn't mattered. How did he die? Uh, Cyclops has all the Phoenix power now, and basically went dark Cyclops yeah. on him. Uh, but it, it doesn't. He says dark Phoenix, yeah, in in uh, issue eleven, and it does Cyclops it, burns. It doesn't guy. matter. Like, was he like trying to like talk him down and being like a father, like 
Scott, this isn't you. I know who you are. He's, I raised you. He Ooh. did so earlier in the series, but it was just kind of a battle and heat of the moment. Killing, burn him away. Because Xavier was leading a group, uh, offering sanctuary to any X-Men or mutant that, uh, was trying to get away from the, uh, Phoenixes and kind of helping the Avengers also. Mm. Yep. How are those A versus X-Men going? Okay. Not, you know, Olivia Copiel did the last one, so it was readable again. Because, John Raimi's art. Well, the past couple have been decent, yeah. and it's because Romeo hasn't been on it. It's very true. Good heart is good <laughs> vision for something. And, man, sometimes good art is like good casting in movies. And what better casting could there be with that other than Viggo Mortensen as Doctor Strange? Who, as soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah, it's better than Patrick Dempsey, who's been trying to get that role. But hey, Patrick Dempsey has played a doctor. That's true. Um, and a lover boy. But Marvel really wanted to have uh, Doctor Strange make an appearance in um, the new Thor something, the dark. What is it? Thor 2? Something Dark World? No. Dark something. I, I, don't know, I can't remember now, but... It's Thor 2. Thor 2. Uh, they wanted him to make an appearance, and they wanted it to be Viggo Mortensen, and I guess he said no. He's a little too busy doing... The Dark World. The Dark World. Uh, no, he's not too busy doing The Dark World, uh, but that is Thor 2, The Dark World. Uh, but yeah, I, he. I guess he said that he doesn't want to do it. It's not in for him, but I think it's great casting. I think someone like that could make him matter, even though he... Or no. make people inter- more interested in him, because yeah. he's not a character that really matters, and Chris has nothing to say about him. Yeah, Doctor Strange, I don't care about him. Even the Brian K. Vaughn short run on the Marvel Knights. See, that was interesting, but that wasn't him as, like, Sorcerer Supreme. That was him more... Becoming the Sorcerer Supreme. No, it was him just trying to see, like, to do what he had to do. Yeah. Like, to hold the uh, Hippocratic Oath. Like It was an interesting book, but it's not... I read it because it was Brian K. Vaughn, not mm-hmm. because it was Doctor Strange. Yeah, I understand that, but I, what I don't understand is Viggo Mortensen's too busy doing what? He he's walked off of how many projects? Yeah, he's I don't know. He walked off of Snow White and the Huntsman. Well, that's a good call. <laughs> that's true. But they, see, I, but he was also. I mean, he would have been too old to play the Huntsman to fall in love with Snow White, or you know what. Wait, what? I didn't see the movie. I, Chris, you saw the movie. Yeah. Explain. I, I feel like it wasn't a falling in love. It was just more like he saw his, like, family in her more yeah. than anything else. So does that want to, like, protect her? And... Yeah. You could have an older. I don't know. Because, like, what? the You can have an older gentleman wanting to protect somebody young. It was his kiss that woke her up. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's his but, kiss that woke her up. It's weird. And then there was that whole weird at the end. Was it a kiss when... on the forehead? No, it was on the lips. That is weird. I didn't see the movie. I'm glad I didn't yeah, see the was, movie now. It was yeah. <laughs> bizarre. Not very good. But he walks off that. He's not done a movie since what was the last movie Viggo Morrison did? Um, Eastern Promises. I think he did something after Eastern I Promises. I hope so. 
Because he's he's got another he's got a movie coming out now where he plays like twin brothers, and the one dies and he takes over the ne'er do wells life and gets arrested. Looks weird. I think it's also foreign. I'm not sure. But um, is, is he going to be? In he's the... talking about. They're talking about doing Eastern Promises too. Oh. So I don't know. Is, is he going to be in the uh, cash grab that is going to be the three Hobbit movies? I think he will probably make an appearance in those. Yeah. Um, since the third one looks like it's going to be bridging the gap from The Hobbit to Lord of the Rings. Which, that's fine with me. I know. Like, everyone, basically everyone else is going to be appearing in it. Right. Basically, I think everyone besides The Hobbits, themselves like Sam, Mary, Pippin, and Arwen, they've Everyone else is like signed in to do cameos, so how that it's gonna be some good makeuping, I hope, to make them all look as young as they did. Well, I mean if when you look at current pictures of them, they don't look completely yeah. like old. I mean if they can have Christopher Lee, who's ninety now, <laughs> reappearing. Honestly, ninety? He's ninety. He that he's He's not flying to New Zealand to do his stuff because he doesn't think he can make the flights. Wow. Yeah. He is, he's literally 90 years old? Wikipedia. Like, I'm no. pretty sure the dude's 90. No, I don't doubt it because it makes total sense. But that guy's old. Yeah. He is. And, hey, New Line Cinema, good on you for making the cash grab. Uh, because it's going to make money. And honestly, you guys want Bank Under and. <laughs> He was born May 27th, 1922. He is 90. Man. That guy has lived so long. He's me. Are you on IMDb? Um, or is Wikipedia? I, I just I just googled him and it came up. Cuz yeah, like he times. has like He's lived all of our ages plus a couple of years. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> It is. Yeah. And the guy's still kicking, still doing roles. Come on, he was Count Dooku, too, you know? What, was he, like, 80? Let's, he was in his not 80s doing himself that? with the Count Dooku stuff. Yeah, he was in his 80s for he that. He was in the 80s doing that. So, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about them having people pop up and having them maybe look slightly older. Mm-hmm. Because they can they can do it. Yeah, that's true. No. Weta will get it done. Yeah. And good thing too, because that means New Line Cinema will have some money to produce other movies and make movies a top priority, right, John? Right. Look, look at that segue. Like, like the Why the Last Man movie, Paul? Yes. Which Paul is looking forward to. Chris, you were you were the one that got me hooked on Why the Last Man. Yes, that was me. I yes. did that. You did that. Yeah. And we've lived through some scary moments together, uh, with the Why the Last Man movies. Uh, let's say the Charlotte LaBeouf years. I'm, I just don't, I don't think it's a movie that needs to be done. I don't think it is a movie that should be done. Because it has to be more than one movie. It has to be, it has to be a series. I yeah. think if you want to do it right, a movie or two or three isn't really going to do it justice. Because so much of it was, yeah. it was I could York see becoming, three. It was him becoming the last man. Yeah, like because he, the character he started off as and who he was at the end of the series, completely different. And I don't. That's, I mean, it's a I could be wrong. Tell. Yeah. I mean, you could 
do it well in three movies. I'm not going to say that they can't, but I'd much rather see it in the series. Like, like on FX or no, HBO. More like an, like, HBO. A, like an HBO or Showtime. Yeah. Something where they can take the time with it. But, because they're not going to have to worry about putting in beer commercials. Mm-hmm. Like, HBO it, won't take the time. They'll do like maybe, what, 11 episode seasons? No, I mean like, Curb Your Enthusiasm is 12. How uh, many extras was a how many, six episode series? How many issues was Why the Last Man 80? It was 60. 60? Okay. Right there. If you do 10 episode seasons you, for six years, you could do it. And that, you can even cut out some of the ones that don't really matter too much. The bondage ones? Um, no. It does get him over his complex of wanting yeah. to kill him, which I could see I, in a series working, but in a movie, that is something I'd cut out. Yeah, that's some, and I think that's just something that... You could it, do that... It's and, great for the character. Right, you could do that in a movie with maybe a five-minute dialogue scene back and forth between one character. And then, but at that point, get him to admit it, and then realize it, and then move on from it. Yeah. yeah. Without introducing I, the other Seven Eleven culpable, yeah, yeah, Seven Eleven. That's it. The culpable ring. But yeah, but even then, this is inside baseball. I yeah, hope this you is, guys uh, really love. This is us. This is what we usually just wind up doing. It's just us talking about um, why the last man. If you haven't read it, then we've spoilers. told you multiple times you should read this book. I know if you gone three years of listening to us without reading this book? One. I'm one of those people. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I, could, I couldn't get through the first trade. Well, there's no accounting for taste. I mean, every, we all, we've, we've gone through this before. There's things that just one or all of us like, two of us like, or just one of us like. Well, you sit on that side of the table. <laughs> I am. Right? I am on this side of the table. I, I, I would so much rather see this as a TV show, even if it was done on something like AMC. I mean, Walking Dead's yeah. paid off really well for him. They've shown that they can do serialized drama well and still kind of respect the source material. Give me a Why the Last Man show. I, I, I could see it maybe on AMC, and I'm probably enjoying it there. Because here's the thing. Why the Last Man's not going to have the same movie theater draw as you're going to get with Captain America or Iron Man. Or the Avengers. Road to Perdition did fairly well. Yeah, but not... People saw yeah. that as a Tom Hanks movie. Mm-hmm. And that's, People saw that movie go, Oh, Tom Hanks, and went to see the movie. Yeah. yeah. And this is something... You, you're not going to get the whole story of Yorick in one movie. And no. if you do, it's going to be terrible. It's yes. not going to be well done at all. I don't think something like this would perform it would, well enough. I'm, this is... Who knows? This is all supposition. If it was just one movie, it would be worse. And I'm going to say it here. Worse than Avatar last year. <laughs> well, you know, it, what's interesting is th- that it hasn't been picked up for TV because they have all those apocalyptic shows on right now. Like, there's that show coming out where all the power in the world is shut down yeah. and people having to deal with that and find the father who knows how to turn the electricity back on. Like, all these kind of apocalyptic shows are coming out. So why not? Be one of those people that says, hey, there's already a big fan base for this. It's a great idea. The groundwork is laid out uh-huh. in, you know, in a, for a series of, what you said, 60 issues. Brian K. Vaughn's work on TV, he could help readapt that mm-hmm. to television. Like he, he can worked on Lost. He can say, like, okay, well, you know what, this is the stuff that we can trim down, this is the stuff that we can just cut out. No. You, you have a perfect showrunner right there. Exactly. And, I mean, you get... 
you get some of the right people behind it, and like, yeah, AMC, Showtime, HBO, like those are the those are the th- three shows that take chances and bring you three channels, three channels that bring you excellent programming. Yeah. You know, because they have earned the pocketbook to do it, and that's why when there's going to be three Hobbit movies, I take a little bit of heart for Why the Last Man because they're going to have some thick cash wallet size going on after that. And, and here's the thing, thing is, they're not doing well, though. Right. That's why they're so happy to have these Hobbit movies coming out. Mm-hmm. Like, I forget the name of the guy that works at New Line. He was pissing off, what's his name? Director Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Like, because of the whole Peter Jackson was suing them to get money, saying he got screwed out of stuff. He wasn't paid everything he was supposed to. And they're like, he's, we're not working with him. Screw this guy. He's not, he's not welcome here. And now it's all like, oh, we're so glad we have Peter Jackson back. The magic, believe it. <laughs> like, they need money. Yeah. That's, it, it's a cash grab, but they need money. I don't think they're going to be willing to just throw it out the windows, no matter how much they make up. They're going to well, look they made to... so much money off the first ones, you yeah. know, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then, Petered out from there, like they weren't able to do anything else after that. They tried to recapture with the remake of what is it, Freddy? Friday the Thirteenth, right? Was that it was, them? Wasn't that New Line Cinema? I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was. I don't know either because I'm not really the movie person. But they're going to look for a new tentpole movie, so that's why I'm like, okay, well, if they're going to make this a priority and have this money and look for a new trilogy, hopefully. They'll do it with Wild Last Man and make it a trilogy. Because even when it was Shia LaBeouf, they were saying it was going to be more than one movie. And the rights are tied up with New Line. We're not going to see a television series until they fall out of New Line's hands. And that won't happen. So does that mean we really want the Hobbit movies to fail? To give us good, to let the rights of Wild Last Man revert? To then maybe hopefully might get a television series like the Alias television series that was supposed to be happening and the uh, Jessica Drew what was the uh, the oh, Alias yeah, one yeah. it was yeah, gonna uh, be called something Jessica yeah what's her I last name's not Drew yeah. what's her name yeah from Marvel there. yeah that was was gonna be happening and the Powers television show that was going to be happening that hasn't. And the Fables television series. The thing is, hoping for a television show would be awesome, but I already got it in comic book form. So mm-hmm. will the television shows add up to the comic books? Probably not. Except if you guys really like Walking Dead. I I only watched the first season. I haven't seen yeah. any more of it. I've seen the second. I can't wait for the third season. I, I got burnt out on Walking Dead just reading the comic book. Mm-hmm. I don't care, really. I got rid of all my issues of the comic book. I stopped buying it. Like half a year ago, almost a year ago now. Mm-hmm. I didn't get burned out on it. I I like the show, and the show's still holds true to the book, but changes stuff enough that it's keeping you interested. Fresh. See how many? I'm able to feel burnt out because how many years was I reading? Those oh yeah, books no, for? I'm saying like I so I'm I'm behind on like. You're getting them every month, reading them, and then rereading them as you do with a series that you love. I, I've honestly never gone back and reread Walking Dead. No? No. I, I would read those. 
issues once, and they would just wind up in a box. I wore the first two trades once, and they're on my desk or somewhere in here. And I don't know where they are because, and people were asking me, like, what has changed? And I've been uh, having a hard time remembering what has happened in the comics. Cause here's the thing. So much of it is just, it's keeping the story going. They keep the story going. It, it's repeating itself at this point. Oh, they find a new area to, that's like their safe zone. Maybe this time, maybe this time we'll make it. They stay there for a while. Shit goes down and then they have to leave. They find somewhere else. Oh boy, here we go. Let's set up camp here, guys. There's more people here. Cool. Something happens. They have to leave. It's so. Are you saying that it's a book that needs to to end? I because I... it's just repetitive, or it needed to have ended before. I think it probably should have ended a while ago. But it's or we're find keep it going. a new way to keep it going instead of safe harbor. Stuff goes down. He, it's. We are on the running. Robert Kirkman, okay, he introduces four new characters. He kills off two older ones. He keeps those four new characters around for 20 issues. One of them dies. But don't worry, because four more characters show up after they move to a new area. I but I you, couldn't I couldn't spend my $3 a month on it anymore. Do you want to read a comic book about building a new civilization and taking the fight to the zombies? So, like, any sort of progress... Yeah, at this point, would at be this welcome. point, because they can change the characters. Like things can happen that create, you know, ripples or rifts in their relationships. But it's basically still the story about Rick and his band of survivors. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it really is now. That's all it really was from the beginning. Uh, I. Can't be interested in it anymore. Like, and you love this. I, yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad you know the show's doing well. I'm glad people seem to dig it. But after a hundred issues of the same thing, hey, I can completely understand. I feel the same way about motion control. And <laughs> whoa, that's that was like the most like most first that, segue that, ever. That segue just punched me in the mouth. <laughs> because am I bleeding? You can play games using oh. motion control for so long, but then it's all the same motions that you're doing over and over again. And even though they've announced a release date here in North America for the Wii U, and price points for the two different Wii U bundles you can get, I'm just not interested. And I actually went on the GameStop website trying to figure out how much I can get for my Wii if I traded it in right now. If you trade it in towards the Wii U, you get $50 for it. I... If you want to just trade it in on its own, it's worth like 35 See, that's... I spent more and have more money on the game system right now than that money, than 35 And that was going to be the thing. I was like, if I can break even with how much I spent in Wii U or Wii points, then it might be worth it for me. But since I have all those cool old Nintendo games on there yeah. that I don't have on my shelf. Altered Beasts. No, I have that. So he's, that, oh, that, he's, that, he's got that for the Sega Genesis. Yeah. Gold, Golden Axe? Yes. No, I might not have Golden Axe for this, but I do have all the Streets of Rage for right. Sega Genesis. Awesome. But here's the thing, too, with the Wii U, Paul. You're not who they're going after because you've graduated. You have an Xbox. Right. They're trying to keep those people that, hey, you got a Nintendo Wii for your family. Your kids are growing up. Keep a Nintendo product in the house. Don't get them a PlayStation. 
get the Wii U. It's going to play all your original games. Use the same controllers. But now they're going to be able to play Call of Duty with their friends. That market. Also there is no market. That is, there yeah. is zero people that that is the market of. That's what they're trying to go for, though. Yeah, but. They want to, p- people get rid of their Wiis so fast. Like, yeah. Nintendo can say, like, yeah, we have the highest install base. That's just accounting for their, the systems that they've sold, not the ones that have well, gotten I, traded back or sold to other right, people. Right, but Xbox overtook that yeah. recently, yeah. Uh, a couple quarters ago. And here's the thing is, oh, great, I got Call of Duty to play on my Wii U. Let's see who else is playing. I got to enter in the 14-digit uh, well, code. They're going to be trimming that down on the Wii U, but still, it's the customers that they're going after have already moved away from yeah. the Nintendo products. They've gotten the Xboxes, they've gotten the PlayStation, they've gone on to the PC because they can get the games from Steam. Mm-hmm. Like They're trying to get the families that, okay, after your kid gets sick of playing Kirby and they want to play Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed, you don't have to go buy another system because you can do it all on this one. But have you seen the graphics for the Batman Arkham, uh, Arkham City? Well, before you move on to that, I wanted to talk about the market real quick, because the Wii created a new market of video game players. They got install bases of senior citizen homes. You know, senior citizen homes were buying Wiis so people could play bowling on it. But that's all it was. It was a glorified uh, like, remember the Atari, like, plug in the Atari cartridge into your TV and play 100 different Atari games? Mm. That was the Wii. But for 150 bucks, and you could play bowling and do the other games. And they created that market, and I don't believe that market is willing to plop down another 200 or $300 for a new game system to play the same game again, because all they're going to really play is bowling and bowling. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's definitely true, and I mean they. It, Nintendo was smart when that came out because it was a new system, but you couldn't find it anywhere. So when you did see it somewhere, you grabbed it and you bought it. It was so hard to find because I remember at the time, yeah. right after you got it, my girlfriend and I were trying to find it, and the only way you could go is on Sundays, go to Target and wait line in up. line to to get in there. And they'd only have like three in the store. Yeah. And it, they just, they created that craze for it. And then it petered out and they never kept it up. And the Wii U is, this is the, the final thing. This is going to, like, I think this is going to kill Nintendo. They're going to go the way of Sega and hopefully just maybe make games and place it out. And here's the thing. I think Nintendo should go the way of Sega and just, Focus on licensing out their characters. Not get out of the hardware game. Do your handhelds, but let could, let them make a Metroid game for Xbox. Do they even want to do the handhelds anymore? Because well, the, the Wii 3DS has not been selling as well as they were hoping. It's, They've been it's losing still, money. It's still selling better than the Vita, though. Right. Yeah, they, I mean, their their handhelds have always been the like the, the handhelds to have. But now it's going up against the. Smartphones, the smartphone market, the Androids and the your iPhone. Yeah, but here's the thing: if I'm going on a trip, I rather have a a handheld than to play a game on. And you have versus my phone. And I have I have a Galaxy Two S. Like I have I have like cool games on my phone, but and you own the which handheld gaming system do you own? 
DS. Yeah. How many games do you have for it? Three. And when was the last time you played it? I haven't played it in a while. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's what but I'm I saying. haven't gone on any. I haven't gone on any big trips. But when I went to Ireland, on that plane ride, that was the greatest thing. On the bus, that was great. But you didn't go out and buy the 3DS or the Vita. No, I didn't. I didn't need it. Yeah, I, don't go, I don't go on many trips. I, I got a Vita for free from Sony. Good. No, you won I, a contest. I, Yay. I turned it on twice. Yeah. It sat there. I'm, I'm not a handheld gamer. But that's not to say other people aren't. Like, if I sat on a bus or a plane or a train. I have two DSs in this house. <laughs> I don't know when the last time one of them was turned on, but Kate will sit there and play, uh, traffic controller, air traffic controller game. What is that? I forget it. The yeah, I can't remember traffic, the name of it. Air control, whatever. Uh, for 30, 40 minutes, while well, I was watching the Bills game. Three hours. That's what she was doing. Playing air traffic controller game on her iPod. Did she bust out bringing Nintendo 3DS or Nintendo DS with her? No. Well, also, it's old hat. But when you guys had it, that's what she would have brought. Before, if she didn't have the iPod, yeah. But now that she's had the, has the iPod, she doesn't play the DS anymore. All I was saying is, like, if if I had to go somewhere... Right. Yeah. And her iPod isn't her phone, either. It's going to die. You know, you it, don't want your phone dying. I don't dying want my phone to die. I, I, went on a, I went on a small two-and-a-half-hour trip yesterday down to mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. I played, I played my phone for about halfway down... On the ride, on the ride down, play it for about halfway, and then I stop because I'm like, alright, I have half battery life. I want my phone for the rest of the night, rest of the day. I'm just saying, if I had a kid, which I would never have, uh, I would probably be more likely to buy them an iPod Touch. Because one, it's about $50 cheaper, and not $100 cheaper than a Vita. And the games are cheaper. And the games are 99 cents. And they will keep kids entertained just as long as the DS games that sell for $30. So I don't even think Nintendo should be in the handheld market anymore. because uh, I mean, the handheld market has been cornered by them, by Nintendo. Because that really, like, Chris, you've had, the, you've had two of the PlayStation handhelds. Yeah, I had a PSP and I had a Vita. And you watched uh, Spider-Man on the PSP. Yep. And then traded in it. Pretty yep. much. And then no, yeah. The Vita you turned on twice because it's bulky and ugly and. No, I just, I didn't, I'm not a handheld gamer. Yeah. I don't play games on my phone besides, like, I play Draw Something for like a month and then I deleted it. Yeah. I play Song Pop maybe once every four or five days because I keep getting nudges from people that I'm playing with that want me to play with them. I, I don't play games really. If they Unless I'm at home. If the handhelds were more social, tied into social, like Sonpop no. and getting nudges on your gaming device, would no, you? No, because that's that's the route that they're going, though. I could basically do whatever I wanted on my phone, on my Vita. I could link it to my Netflix. I could watch movies. I could watch TV shows. I could log into Foursquare on it. I could log into Twitter. I could go on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to, though. Because you're not a 14-year-old they're, kid that needs another screen that the parents aren't using right now. They're, make, they're making it social, yeah. but it's just I don't care. I'm, I'm just not a handheld yeah. gamer. I never really have been. I've had DSs, didn't use it. Mm-hmm. I had a Game Boy, which I used every now and then, like when a Pokemon game would come out. Yeah, I never yeah. lived on it like 
I see kids do every day, you know? Yeah. Growing up in a one-TV household, I can kind of understand if there are kids growing up, but, you know, having the same situation where you can't play video games because parents are watching the news. They're watching this old house. If I had, you know, a Game Boy... <laughs> that's that's what the parents are watching, this old house? No, my stepdad will watch this old house. My parents watch this old house no, every know, Saturday. But I mean, like... Every Saturday. Of all the shows to pick, it's... Saturday mornings, it was this old he's house, spe- and... He's speaking from experience. I can I can back him up on that. You couldn't watch Saturday morning ca- cartoons because this old house was on. It's what happens. And then Norm Abrams, uh, New Yankee Workshop. What? Yeah. What, are you going to fight me on my channel? Dude had an awesome beard and glasses combo yeah. going on. Well, the and glasses... And bland shirts. And bland shirts. Glasses was because there's no more important safety device than these. Your safety glasses. Said it at the beginning of every episode. Uh... So, if I had a DS, like, I can understand the kid needing the DS at that point, because it wasn't, that is an extra screen. Much like how they're trying to sell the Wii U with that tablet for 179 only available in Japan if you want to buy an extra one. Who knew? Yeah. Chris it's, I, I knew. Well, that's my job. I'm, I have to uh, know You can this, take so. the game onto that screen and play an extra one. So, maybe at that point... I could understand it, but what kid doesn't have like a cheap TV in their bedroom nowadays, yeah. right? Like I, they're all spoiled, I, right? I yeah. think once I hit eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. I always had a TV in my bedroom. That's where my gaming system. I was, was I was younger than that. I had just like a crummy old TV in my bedroom hooked up to my NES. Like, see, we would get the TV every once in a while, right as it was breaking. So like the lines on it would start going and stuff and then my parents would buy the new TV and give us the old TV to put in like our room but it didn't last more than like a couple weeks before it just was completely unplayable. I do remember like I remember every time that tube broke in like a TV and I was in the middle of either like watching something or like in the middle of shadow run and like the thing just went have that and I just like like me and Steve Rosenberg would look at each other like ah crap Heaven in a box, hard, hard clamshell box, shadow. Nice. I think I, if I could find all my old Nintendo games, I had it. You gave me your old Nintendo, and you gave or, me uh, Doctor Mario and Legend of Zelda. And I didn't Nintendo give you Doctor. I never had Doctor Mario. Then I bought Doctor Mario. <laughs> um, I did give you Legends of Zelda, and, and then Nintendo broke the next day. Like I did it break? It in. Yeah, I plugged it in, and it it played a picture for like thirty minutes, and then did you? Shot I didn't out. know you even know how the wires. I bought the wires. Oh. I'm sorry. Went out and spent $15 on the wires and then... And controller, because I didn't even... Yeah. <laughs> so I spent 30 bucks total for a free system that broke within 30 minutes. This is hilarious. Yeah, that's a dollar a minute. It's <laughs> <laughs> worse than those 9800 numbers. Because you, know, you can just like, download like, Legends of Zelda and Dr. Yeah, Mario yeah, on your computer, computer like, for, for free. free. No, no, you can't do that for free. You have to go through the Wii U and buy them there, which I also have. Oh. So there you go. <laughs> or on the Wii. So that's why I won't trade in my Wii, because I already spent that money. It's a sunk cost that I'm not willing and to carry. Even, I'd, I'd, like, even um, having the controller screen and everything, uh, Microsoft with their smart glass, like, that's going to be better than what they can do. And Chris was mentioning like the graphics before we went on in this other big tangent, but uh-huh. yeah, the graphics between... Uh, Arkham's, what, Arkham City? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's night and day. 
It looks Where pretty. Yeah, it looks pretty bad. Uh, I'm gonna make Wait, us take bad a pause here. Not good. Yeah, I'm gonna make us take a pause so you can actually look at the screenshots from it. Cool. And we're back because, like I said, we were gonna take a pause, so we did. And Paul looked at some screenshots and then watched some video of it. Yeah. Uh. So apparently, a lot of the games won't actually play in even 45 frames per second. It's all gonna play in 30 frames per second in the optimum. And when they were playing through, uh, Batman Arkham City, it was fla- falling under, you know, 25 frames, frames per second, which will mean that when you're trying to move your controller, the character will be behind those movements. No. And it'll be really frustrating. Here's the thing too. Uh, we mentioned this before when we were doing our E3 stuff. Though we will use more than one of those tablet controllers, but when you hook a second one up to it, it drops the frames per seconds down to like 20 or 24. And that makes it, that would make the game feel so laggy and basically almost unplayable if it was constantly 24 frames per second. Hey, game slowdown has always been a thing. In fact, it usually helped me in those, you know, side scrolling shoot 'em up games because <laughs> there would be just too many bullets on the screen and I would thank the Lord that it slowed down a little bit because Otherwise, I'd die every single time. But, you know, we're, we've come to a point where if you're used to experiencing a game a series one way, especially if you've been playing it on Xbox and then to play it on the Wii U, like, if you traded in your Xbox saying that I got the new system now and I'm going to get the same game that I had before, and now you're playing it on this, you're going to notice the difference in texture that Batman now looks shiny. Well, yeah, well, here's the thing, too. If, if you... Say you went, I mean, they had, what, what I don't companies know what like, what companies like Xbox should do is, you know, when you used to go into a store and you used to play, the, like, you'd play the game before you'd buy it uh-huh. and stuff. Any game that Nintendo Wii U has out there for you to test that is also like on the Xbox, the PlayStation, I would put those out side by side for them to try. And you could play Batman Arkham City and how laggy and how crappy it would feel, and then go play it on the Xbox and be like, well, I want to play it this way. Probably not the best way to endear yourself with the third-party per- third publishers yeah, that true. you're getting licensing fees from every time they publish something on your system. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, the like, they but, make money. but if, if I, okay, if I was at home... Mm-hmm. And played this and then went to my friend's house and he's like, oh, you got Arkham City? Cool, I was just playing that. And then played it on an Xbox or PlayStation. Here, I'd be pissed about we're having making, a series. We're making an argument as if anybody's going to buy these third-party games I feel bad on for, the Nintendo Wii U. I feel bad for any won't. kid whose parent brings home the system for him and like, look, Billy, I got this for you. And be like, Barbara Streisand. Dad, this is crap. Well, here's the thing, too. If you've really wanted to play this game, you probably already have because it's been out for a year already. Same it's, thing with... Mass Effect Three is coming out on it, which Paul, I don't want. Hasn't I don't been want, hasn't been a year yet. Or, it has not, but it's already been out no, since March. I mean, no, Mass Effect Three, yes, has yes. probably been. No, hasn't been out a year yet for the Xbox. Batman will been out a year in October. Oh, October, yes. So it, it will have been out for a year by the yes. time we get the Wii U, which is announced date of uh, November eighteenth. Yes, and price points two hundred forty five dollars, uh, forty nine dollars, uh, two ninety nine or three forty nine. Oh, two ninety nine. Yes, two ninety nine for the basic. Oh, don't buy this <laughs> with eight gigs and it's a white system. If you get the deluxe edition, it comes with thirty two gigs, 
It's a black system, and it comes with like a cradle stand for the controller. Yeah, you get cradle stands, so charging stations for the two controllers, uh, and also you get a game, Nintendo Land. Yeah, it comes with a Nintendo Land game, too. So for 50 bucks more, you get a game and a better charging system. Here's the thing, though. With those deluxe editions, you're not going to find one because the pre-orders have already been filled at every major retailer. Nintendo's going to have 2 million Wii U's available at launch. And the pre-orders have already sold out? For the deluxe edition. And there was 2 million of them? Well, 2 million we use, not oh. just deluxe editions. Do we have the numbers on the we deluxe? We do not. Okay. But if you can't get it, Best Buy, um, GameStop, I think you can still get it at Toys R Us, but I think Amazon's getting close mm-hmm. to filling all their reserves as well. So let's say it's a... I wouldn't want to say 50-50 split because they probably wouldn't do that. It's probably not because they're doing the same thing that... Sony's done and Microsoft has done where they have different versions yeah. of the same system pretty much. Mm-hmm. One's cheaper because they're just trying to get the families, the people yeah. with kids that eight the gigs, retirement homes. Yeah. Eight gigs, that's going to be enough for just your game save files. Yeah. It is going to be expandable. So if you want to get an SD card, just like the original Wii, if you need oh. more room, you can do that as well. But loading times. Loading times were horrible off of the SD. Well, not horrible, but really bad originally because you couldn't play the game off the SD card directly originally with the Nintendo, so you had to delete files on your Nintendo or move them over to the SD card, and then the game that you actually wanted to play, then copy it back over to the Wii. You were better off trying instead of copying it. Just just not having a Nintendo (laughs) system. Just deleting it and then trying to re-download the game again. I I just don't understand... um... Like, why would you put out something that still isn't comparable to the systems that are out there that are gonna? Well, this they've on paper this system is as powerful as a PS3 or a 360. It's that the programmers aren't programming it for the uh, chipsets because Unreal Three, the Red Engine, yeah, uh, which Arkham City is in, and that's what we looked at. People said that like. Originally, the games, people said that things looked like greasy mountains of dung because everything was really brown or really shiny, really plasticky. You know, uh, look at the original Mass Effect. Everybody's hair looked like Lego hair yeah, because it was really hard and plasticky because they couldn't figure out how to do it right on those on the chipsets. So even when you move from like the Xbox to the PC, and if you have really good hardware, optimal hardware that they recommend for um, Arkham City, Batman's cape actually flows really nice. Uh, when you're fighting in a bank vault or, you know, where there's a bunch of money, when you're throwing punches, the money will sweep up in the air and then float down. Stuff like that happens. You know, there's particle effects. So, because things are programmed to certain devices or certain, you know, hardware specs, and they just did not program it to these hardware specs that the Wii U has because they've only had these hardware specs for the past, what, nine, ten months? Probably. So they, they're they rushing it out just to say that they have third-party hardware, third-party software. Because Nintendo's never really yeah. had third-party support. At launch. Well, even the big games that come out not since for, like, the Nintendo system. Not since the before the N sixty four, not since the Super Nintendo, because that was the game in town. Yeah, but still, the games that sold were the Nintendo games. 
I was always Genesis because they had the sports games. And here's the thing, too. The price, it's cheaper in America than it's going to be in Japan. Um, Paul, you, you said the numbers before. I can't remember what they yeah, were. Yeah, by almost like $75, like exchange rate for, for eyes, wise for both systems, uh, which is really surprising to me because uh, Nintendo has complained about the weakness of the dollar. And they said that they lost money because they were selling things cheaper here in America because of the weakness of the dollar. And they lose money on the imports. And the Wii was two ninety nine when it came out over here. So I think they kind of had to make a judgment call where they couldn't charge too much more than that mm-hmm. for the new system if they want to stay competitive. Because for the same price, you could go out and get a PlayStation 3 or an Xbox 360 now. Yeah. You can get a PlayStation 3 or a 360 cheaper than that, honestly. Yep, with a Kinect bundle. Yeah. And get the gear motion game that way. You can get a 160 gig PlayStation 3 with a game for 249. Yeah. That's also a Blu-ray player. It. So Nintendo's just. They got their pre-orders sold though. That's crazy. I don't get it. I'm sorry, Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm. Well. There's people that are just those diehard Mario Nintendo fans. Yeah. Plus, we don't know how many of these are being picked up. By people that are just going to turn around and sell them on eBay. Yeah. One's already on eBay for $900. Not the actual system because it's not out yet. Yeah. But someone has paid for one. They've got it, you know, waiting for them whenever it gets shipped. They're, they're going to send it to you as soon as they pick it up. $900 already. You know, you are a brilliant American uh, that I love and trustworthy, I have found, uh, through your contacts from my friends here in Nigeria. I, being a prince of Nigerian descent, uh, have a small proposition for you, my friend, over in America. <laughs> I have a Nintendo Wii U coming to me, and unfortunately, due to a small circumstance dealing with customs that I cannot explain here, I will be glad to share with you my Nintendo... Is that, here's, is that here's the thing. Is that the seller? The so, you, know, you know what it's going to come down to is someone's going to want to get one for their kid... For Christmas, and you're not going to be able to find them anywhere because it's a system. It's a Nintendo system. It's yeah. launching right before the holidays. They're going to go. They have a month and a half. You better be a better parent than that. And Get on only, it. And there's no, only two. There's only two million too. They're trying. The I thing. think they're trying to drum up that same thing they had with the Wii. Nintendo does this every year. They come out with some sort of system bundle. Limited edition system. Mm-hmm. It sells out within an hour that the stores are open, and then people come in for the rest of the weekend looking for it. And buying something else that is also Nintendo because they couldn't get Johnny the thing that he actually wanted. It, it happens. Two years ago, on Black Friday, Nintendo put out limited edition DSIs. Yeah. They were orange and green. The exact same systems that they had available, except they were different colors. The store that I work at had six of each color. Store open at 5 a.m. When I went into work at 10, they were all gone. It was the same system that you could have just walked in the day before. Well, not really because stores are closed on Thanksgiving, but two days before (laughs) (laughs) and just picked up off the shelf and been fine. Yeah, but those weren't in the circular. And people love those day after Thanksgiving circulars. It was the same price. It it wasn't cheaper. It didn't come with anything else. But people, people people will buy what Nintendo pushes. It, it's it works for them, and people just don't learn. All right. Well, we're 
almost at an hour here, and so we got to get into uh, the list. Uh, September nineteenth, John. What book September nineteenth? I am looking forward to another one shot of uh, Lobster Johnson. Um, this one is uh, Kappa Morum. Uh, Mike Manola has written Lobster Johnson on a Zeppelin where he's having a crazy fight. Man, one of these have to be good enough to make our look back. I'm just hoping. You know what? Or at least a bag and board bike, because we haven't done any of those in a while. Yeah. The, the last one shot I had, I had read, and I have a friend who's got a kid, and I said, here, give this to Landon. Like, let him Lando. check it out. You keep calling him Landon. His name's Landon. They call him Landon. Oh, okay. I thought his name was Lando. That's so much cooler than Landon. Landon Donovan is a cool name. It is a cool name. Plays for the Galaxy. Yeah. And then over with uh Everton or oh. uh, when he's when he's done playing for the Galaxy. <laughs> Soccer. Yep. Or football. Depending. So we're trying to get those UK listeners. <laughs> <laughs> if you're from the UK and like soccer. Or football. <laughs> Email us. Contact at backgroundbroadcast.com. Lobster Johnson. We're West Ham fans. You guys are. Yep. Fulham. Paul goes for the Fulham. Fulham uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, art is by... Tonic Zonjic. You like tonics. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sucker for Lobster Johnson. I love those pulp kind of just shoot them up. Kind of stories, and he's on the zeppelin. He's on a zeppelin. Oh, they hit him. So lobsters on a zeppelin, eh? <laughs> yeah. I hope they don't pinch it. Oh, Paul made a pinchy move with his hands, with as in poking the balloon. Well, besides poking the balloon, what else uh, are you looking forward to on Wednesday? Uh, I'm looking forward to the end of the event of Avengers vs X Men <laughs> with issue or round twelve. Uh this is a long-winded end. Uh, we already talked about the important death that happened in the, the, or the unimportant death. Yeah. The death you didn't know was going to happen or know the character was alive. Yeah. Uh, but this will set up how the Marvel Universe stands from now for the foreseeable future. And the thing with Marvel's events is at least they stick with the outcome for a year. We had Dark Avengers for over a year. You know, the fallout from Secret Invasion. Like, at least they stick with the ending. Unlike sometimes how DC has felt like, oh, we had, you know, Infinite Crisis. But after that, it was kind of like we had 52 and one year later, but nothing really felt all that different. Yeah. Not since Flashpoint and the zero and the number ones have we really felt a new beginning yeah. uh, over at DC. And Flashpoint still, in my book, was horrible. Yeah, but it it was just there to do what it did. Yeah, it was just the... You know, DC comes up... To start over their continuity, the, you know, punching the cosmic wall, or in the infinity, whatever that wall was, to like, yeah. reset continuity, and then Flashpoint to reset the continuity, it feels kind of half-hearted. They, the stories don't earn it. They had to do something, though. They couldn't just one day say, like, hey, guess what? We're going to completely reboot everything. But Because that would just... That's how I kind of feel like they did, though. They're like, oh, I guess this story will, because we kind of want to do it anyways, and the story's coming out now, so we'll just do it with this one. But you know if they had just one day said, like, hey, guess what, guys? In September, it's all new number ones. Everything's changing. People would have had to, like, hissy fit because there's nothing leading up to it, and at least they had 
something that hit that button, something that punched that wall, instead yeah. of it just the next month you go into the store and it's wait, what, what's? I just don't feel and, like those stories earned it. And I mean, the other thing too is if it didn't work out, oh, flashpoint, ooh, yeah, like, back and look, now it's they fixed it, so everything's back the same. Yeah, because originally flashpoint was just a flash storyline. And, you know, a flash, you know, it was only hype really in Flash, coming soon Flashpoint, and then all of a sudden it became this big crossover for DCU. Yeah, but they had, they had ads in all the other books about Flashpoint. Eventually, and they, but. And they had the, they had the list of books to check out and read. I mean, yeah. they sold it, they didn't sell it like it was gonna be something big, but here's the thing, is, alright, all new things that did come out of Flashpoint, you're gonna go pick up that trade. Like, what did I miss in Flashpoint? Like, oh, everything and reset. I'm just I saying. I think they did say that it wasn't originally planned like that, but mm-hmm. it was something that they were talking about doing, mm-hmm. having the completely rebooted, and it kind of just worked out that they were able to use the like the zipper to mesh yeah. those two together, um, and just kind of went from there. That's what I'm just saying that though neither of those two, the Cosmic Wall Punch and also Flashpoint didn't really earn the reset for me. That's all I'm really saying. I, I'd rather have a bigger story. Get this week? <laughs> that, that would be <laughs> AVVX number 12, and I'm hoping that overall the story earns this reset for Marvel into Marvel now. And that's the thing versus with... Versus what has happened recently with DC. And that's the thing, too, with the Marvel one, is they're not completely resetting. It's, yeah. okay, we have an event, and here's the story quo. after. Mm-hmm. Um, which Marvel has always done and really well, off. even if the series that have that payoff in there haven't been great with you Fear Yourself, House of M, Decimation. There's still under 300 mutants around. The series themselves weren't good, but they do have the lasting effects. Mm-hmm. And usually they earn that ending and then earn the new status quo. That's... That he was, was why that got there, John. I know you were wondering. <laughs> I, I was able to follow you with that. Thank you. I, I was following you, but then I was just like, what was his pick? I don't remember now. <laughs> that was beer logic that went on there. <laughs> and Chris, what is your pick? I'm actually looking forward to a Zero Issue from DC, and it's so hard to choose because there's so many coming out this month. <laughs> and there's such notable ones. This there's, is my way of... I, I think there's 52 of them, in fact. This is my way of mentioning other stuff that Kyle was thinking about picking, but not going for. Like Sword and Sorcery Zero, Nightwing Number Zero. Really? Amethyst? I'm... It's something new. I like new things. Um, it's an anthology book. I think it's something that DC does well. I think they're really the only of the big companies that actually does anthology books and takes a risk on something like this. See, uh, like, especially we're calling it an anthology book, even DCU Presents. I think of an anthology book, I buy one comic book issue and I get multiple stories in each one. Hmm. This, I get one story and then I have to wait four months to get the next story. So at least they're trying and getting the characters out there, but it's not quite an anthology book in my eyes. Okay. Which, which zero issue are you looking forward well, to, sir? I was also thinking about picking Nightwing number zero. Oh, yeah. Because they're giving you the origin of Dick Grayson in that one. But there was something that I saw that kind of hit me a little bit more. Two flying 
uh, Grayson's boned while on the <laughs> safety net. This is going to be apparently the issue. they did not have safe sex on that safety net. Oh, oh. this is going to be the issue that they oh. give out in health classes. Yeah. Um, but it was actually Red Hood and the Outlaws number zero, where they're going to be showing you how Jason Todd came back to life after being killed by the Joker. Are you saying that it wasn't an Infinity Wall punch? No, because I guess that part never happened. It's weird to know what occurred in the original DCU that carries over mm-hmm. versus what doesn't. Well, they still mention Talia kind of raising him. Yeah. So and, bring, and feeling bad and bringing him back. So there so, is that mention. But who knows? That could be scrubbed from continuity because... No, they we, mentioned that in Red Hood. Yeah, but... That could be scrubbed from continuity still because Red Robin was no longer a Robin before. Even though they talk about him being a Robin in the first couple of issues of Teen Titans, retroactively, that's been retconned. That didn't happen. He was always Red Robin. Don't like it. Tim Drake should be a Robin. He technically is. He's a Red Robin. But that's the thing. That's the DC universe is still kind of learning what it's supposed to be. So yeah, maybe the whole stuff with Talia didn't happen. And they're just going to strip that away too, because this didn't come out really until uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Scott Liddell said, like, no, Tim Drake was never a Robin. And then people held up the book like, no, Teen Titans number one, it says right here in this caption, I was once Robin. Mm Mm-hmm. When they put out the trade for it, that wasn't in there. What? Yeah. They took it, took out that line? Yeah, in, in, the an, yeah, in another issue, there was, um, Tim was kind of narrating something about how, you know, this is probably going to be the shortest amount of time a Teen Titans team has lasted. They completely took out that caption box too, because this is the first Teen Titan team. No. 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 Do not like, That's as the thing. producer Scott used to say. Yeah, that, that is something that I'm not fond of, that right there. Because the Teen Titans history has been so good and so rich. Well, I mean, what? You don't have, you don't have Wally. We don't have Wally right yeah, now. Yeah, well, no, we don't have Wally at all. Yeah. yeah. So. And you don't have Dick Grayson leading the Teen Titans? Nope. And you don't have all those other great. Cause what? Is, you don't, we don't have Donna Troy, right? No. No. So yeah, you don't have you, you have Casey Sandmark. Yeah, but she's Wonder Girl now. Man, it's like she was Troy's before. a failed su- sidekick now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Wonder Woman's failed sidekick, Chris. No, she wouldn't. And what? And Wally West would be the Flash's failed sidekick. Oh, Paul. all right. Before we get into our main topic, because we're launching right into that, we have our last Oktoberfest of the night, Harpoon's Oktoberfest beer. This is the one I probably like the least. I drink it really fast, and I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, because we were talking about Nintendo forever. You're not missing out. Yeah. Um, That's not great. Oh, no, it's, it's not probably, memorable. It's probably a little bit better than one of those first two we had, the Authentics. Um, yeah, but... what was the one that you brought, that Paul, that you brought last week, the Oktoberfest? There was the Flying Bison. Flying Bison. I like this yeah. better than Flying Bison. This is definitely oh, yeah, better than Flying Bison. This doesn't have that weird mouthfeel that yeah. the Flying Bison one gave me. And it, tastes, it doesn't taste too bad warm. Like, it has, you get kind of that maltiness to yeah. it and that spice. 
I do like it. I I still have to say I think I think you're right. I think Saranac and then um Breckenridge. Yeah, are we call are we are well, we we're not Munich Maltz, but it's not Belgium. an Oktoberfest. It didn't say Oktoberfest. It's not an Oktoberfest. It's at Harvestfest. It's a good beer. But this is Oktoberfests and we we can't let that one be in. I guess not, because that was too good of a beer to be sold yeah. by the name Oktoberfest. No that's, wonder they didn't put Oktoberfest. But, but but then they would put all this German stuff all over it. It just made no sense to me that it wasn't Oktoberfest. Um, but I think Saranac. Do we have any of those better beers Blue Point? in the refrigerator still? Probably not. Okay. That's, that's I did not right. drink any beer from Sunday to Sunday. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. I was on the wagon. I was hoping that there might have been something left. We we can go ch- raid the fridge and check, but I think it's all the just the German I, I, stuff. I do love that Paul's has got all these Oktoberfest beers in there that he hasn't touched. <laughs> One of the reasons I haven't drank since Sunday to Sunday. So he he opens it up and he's like, hey, we got some purple stuff, Oktoberfest. Hey, Sunny D. <laughs> That's healthier for me, right? No. Oh. Actually, actually, beer is healthier, more healthy for um, you then. Yeah. Always but consult I, your local doctor for um, it. Random oh. thing. This is going back time machine. After um producer Scott had his like vitamin C like flare up like uh-huh. efficiency thing, I was downing Sunny D like it was going out of style. It's like I I don't want to feel really sick and like almost pass out like in seizure, like drink some Sunny D. And I was like, How much Sunny D is too much Sunny D? <laughs> I remember getting a text review about that. <laughs> When your urination is the same consistency as Sunny D, oh, when it's pulpy. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't even have orange. I know. That's why it was weird. I was scared. <laughs> You're it actually was. It was actually ripping out his stomach <laughs> lining. Oh, it was tore out the frame. <laughs> it did tear out his own frame. Yes. What were we talking about before? We're gonna get into our main topic of failed superhero sidekicks. Nice. Thank you. And Paul, you were saying, uh, Donna Troy? I was basically making a, 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 uh, a thesis statement, overall thesis statement, that you could make an argument that every DC comic book family, you could find at least one failed sidekick. And I was up with, I was with you until that point. And you could even say Robin had his own book, Failed Sidekick Dodge. Yes. He wanted to become a sidekick, did not become a sidekick. Even wound, wound up dead. Yeah. See, or, no, would... no, in a coma or in some sort of phase state that he couldn't get out yeah. of, and but yeah, ultimately failed as a sidekick. Right. And I had to stretch the argument up to the point of even saying that commercially, the sidekick concept has failed for the book. When we look at the new ECU, that. Wally West, no longer there, never was Kid Flash. And the Kid Flash now was never the sidekick of Bart Allen, or Barry Allen. I, I will say that doesn't make him fail, though, because he ne- never had anything to do Yeah, he was never a sidekick. And, he, right, and we read this for the uh, look back. Mm-hmm. He runs fast, and he's younger. That's why they call him Kid, Kid Flash. So he's a completely different character. So I think it's unfair to label him as a failed sidekick when he has nothing to do because he never with Barry Allen. What is the biggest uh, failure your one can achieve? Uh, 
achieve. Never ne- trying? Never trying. He never tried to be the sidekick of Wally, of, uh, Barry Allen. Therefore, but it we, is his biggest failure. Lawyered. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. We, we just might not have seen that yet. Maybe he hasn't tried to do that yet. And has, um, has Barry and Iris even gotten together yet? I, In the I, flashbooks? No. no. Alright. So he's his, he's their grandchild, right? We don't know in there. Yeah, we don't. Because, yeah. We're, like, DC Universe is still figuring out what it's trying to do. As we were talking about earlier, where Donald Troy doesn't exist anymore. But isn't, he's Bart Allen, right? Yeah. And Donna Troy is really a failed sidekick because originally she was just the young Wonder Woman. And then that, they that had was nineteen forties wackiness yeah. though. Like where she was originally just young, just young Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. And then they realized that they kept on writing young Wonder Woman in continuity with Wonder Woman, and then they had to rename her. Failed. See, I, again I don't meta. I, I say that doesn't make her fail. I think that w- that's what makes her the sidekick because after that she stuck around. Mm-hmm. She, I don't think she failed in anything. Yeah, she became her own character. She became Wonder Woman. Even so, yes. And then she much was like there. Wally West when he existed, <laughs> yes. he was Kid Flash, and then he became the Flash before he got wiped from existence. And then he, I think being wiped from existence is. Pretty much, but we don't state. know if he's where he's going or if he's going to come in. At which point, that is hitting the reset button and starting the save file over again, and you are now back to life. But here's the thing: right you, now, you're failed. You can have, I mean, yeah, but he didn't fail in the original fifty-two or the original DC world, right? This is not that world. This mm-hmm. is an altered world. You could have Wally run into this world and have and deal with young Barry and have them become friends and say, I'm in this other world. We, right, right. But you could go back to college, take a college course over again and then pass it. But right now, he failed. I, but it's, he, uh, he doesn't even exist. So how can he fail? You got to pass we, fail. We, we could failed. Ha- we could have Wally West show up. He could be younger. He could be a kid Flash. He might be an impulse. We don't know. He just doesn't exist yet. I don't think that makes him failed. Because what we were talking about is the sidekicks that existed and then just utterly dropped the ball. Yeah, and I took this. And and Paul did the failed. Like they just didn't sail. They didn't. <laughs> sell. They didn't sell. They don't exist. They. Turn bad or, you know, they, they didn't work as a sidekick, so the writers took them someplace else and made them a villain. All of, or, you know, did something else instead of them being a sidekick, because they weren't working as a sidekick. All of which are failed states. You know, they- That's why when Paul was talking before we recorded about Mia, mm-hmm. the new Speedy, in the pages of Green Arrow back when uh, Kevin Smith was doing it, I was like, I wouldn't call her failed at all, she just kinda wasn't used after Green Arrow. I was like, I don't think that makes her failed at all. She just wasn't around after that. See, I think all of those are conditions of failure. And I I was taking a more broad sense of failure than you guys were. Paul Paul went really broad. (laughs) He went really broad. But I mean, it's, it's diff, it, 
it's difficult with the new 52 as well. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing is you have young Green Lantern or Green right. Green Arrow, but you have his adult ex-sidekick starring in his own book. And mm-hmm. you know, Dick Grayson is an adult, but at one time he was Robin. So the time skew is weird in this new 52. And fi- the new 52 was supposed to make a more unified continuity. And yet... And that's... The, it was a selective continuity, because that's why we got rid of characters like Wally West. Because mm-hmm. we had Barry Allen back. How do we have another character that's basically the exact same thing as him existing alongside of him when he shouldn't exist? And then you have the rewrites... Even in the new 52, which we just talked about, which are mind-blowing to me, because if you were going to do this editorial thing and make sure everything was right, why not get it right then? And now with issue zeros, we're learning different things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, like, that's the thing. Batman has only been around for six years mm-hmm. now. Publicly. No, they've even said he hasn't been around. What Dan Dio originally was saying that, no, it's just publicly he's only been around for six years uh, before he was like an urban legend, and that's why Action Comics still works as Superman being the first public hero. Like, that was the... No, and that's what people are upset about, because how do you have four Robins? Well, we don't. Well, we... or three Robins and a Red Robin mm-hmm. in that time. It's because it it just doesn't match up with the timing of it. When you're just a year into a new continuity and you already need to do rewrites and resets, there's an issue with the overall idea and framework of the editorial staff and the overall vision. Also, what's hard is going, well, these things are going to go through, these things aren't. Mm -hmm. You know, like everything in in Green Lantern that's happened, you know, has happened. You know, that's making it through. Almost, you know, Batman's... Been, ba- basically, been, everything you've read in Batman has happened, but it's just condensed down, yeah. which doesn't make sense. To some sort of hypertime? No, it's just... <laughs> it hasn't taken place over, like, the course of ten years. Yeah. It's all just happened in five. Like, he's been a really busy dude. Well, we remember the Batman series Grant Morrison was writing whereas if Batman had experienced everything he was supposedly experienced, even the Batman as Zenur Zara Zara, wasn't it? Um, Zorinda. Yeah, Zorinda. Well, even happened. So, that didn't make much sense either to most readers. And the thing is, do we want to have a hyper-continuity universe that makes sense where all the characters can play with each other and all the characters are that, just characters that can play in the sandbox? Or do we want the strict editorial lines where the characters matter first and then you worry about the continuity of second? And it seems more like DC wants it both ways, especially when it came to Green Lantern and Batman, where characters first and we'll worry about the overall continuity later. And it seems to happen with these side failed sidekicks, or these sidekicks that you guys want to talk about in the DCU, where they got that character moment, those character ma- moments matter first, and then we'll worry about how 
the timing all fits in. Much like what you're looking forward to in the Zero issue with the the uh, Jason Todd. Yeah. And Roy Harper. And Roy Harper, which I think he's a great character. Um, he's actually my choice for the failed sidekick because he ultimately is just such a crappy dude. Yeah, that was all a segue. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been one of the longest segues I've ever had, but yeah. Um, but everything that I'm basing everything that I'm saying off of is more from the original 52, which hit is kind of carried into the new 52. And that's what I really don't like about the new universe that we have because stuff can't completely line up because it just doesn't make sense with how it's all being portrayed and like being told because it just doesn't work. Like you said, with green arrow speedy was a sidekick, but they're the same age. Yeah. It doesn't work, but is, character, as, as a reader, are you upset by that at all? Or? No, because I'm not reading Green Arrow. Okay. So it doesn't bother me you too much. You have your own selective continuity. Yes. And which, you will make it work for yourself. Which is kind of how you have to go into this, which is kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, everything I've read in Green Lantern, it happened. All the Batman stuff, it happened. It might not make sense, but those stories still have that weight. It's just it doesn't really work for everything else. Because we had a Speedy, he became Arsenal, we don't have him as Red Arrow now. Mm-hmm. He wasn't on the Justice League because the Justice League hasn't been around that much. We yeah. ha- we know who the Justice League is, and it's been the big guns. And it's only been around for five years. And that's all That's all we've had. But what makes Roy Harper a good, failed sidekick? What I think makes him great is he was brought on just because, well, hey, Robin's selling more Batman books. Let's get Green Arrow a sidekick. So that that's kind of more the broader, like, Paul thing. He's failed because he doesn't have to exist, but they wanted him to. Yeah, because and that's what happened with a lot of these sidekick characters is Robin was doing so well, so everybody should get a sidekick. And then when people didn't like him or... They needed something more to do with him. Well, why isn't he in Green Arrow all the time? Well, they have this thing called Teen Titans that they're all getting together and fighting in. Um, and I, I think what's awesome about Roy Harper is the way that he came under Oliver Queen's guidance is Oliver Queen went to judge an archery contest at an orphanage. <laughs> and Roy Harper is the one that was like winning, but then lost, like, because someone else was cheating. But Green Arrow liked that kid's gumption, so Oliver Queen adopted him. And I just think it's funny that nobody realized that, wow, it's funny that Green Arrow is just judging this contest at an <laughs> orphanage, and now he's got a kid sidekick. And it's the same kid that Oliver Queen adopted. <laughs> like that's just like one of those little like it was the nineteen like forties, nineteen fifties, like mm-hmm. they could get away with that kind of like shoddy storytelling. But ultimately, like just what makes him the failed sidekick is he just became a horrible heroin pig. Yeah. Which is a term that I love to use because of John and Bruce McCullough. <laughs> um and he's just completely thrown away every opportunity that he had to have a decent life and 
he's gone off the deep end more than once and he keeps getting better and then relapsing. And I think that's just what makes him not just a failed sidekick, but a failed character. And now he's, it's almost like he's reveling in it. Mm-hmm. And which is what I like about Red Hood and the Outlaws because they're the bad cops. The, yeah, they are. And also it's, you have, uh, in Red Hood and the Outlaws, just these things of, like, I wouldn't tell Roy this, but he's like a genius. Like, that trick arrows that he builds, and he makes all those mm-hmm. things himself. Um, he can fly any kind of ship, because as I looked at it is, oh, he probably would have done that when he was in Teen Titans, or when he would have done that, even though now, he in this new continuity, he wouldn't have been. But it's almost like these characters, Red Hood, mm-hmm. and even Arsenal, are from that old continuity yeah. and folded in here. They still are there, but they don't fit. See, I, I I'd like to say they don't fit in the rest of the New Fifty Two except for the Batman connection. Yeah. So they fit in that Batman world that still has that old DC connection. Just like that shell around it almost. Yeah. It, it, it's in a bubble. Yeah. That when you take a look at it from the outside, it doesn't fit in with the rest of the world. But, but as long as you're in that bubble, it, it does work. It does work. And, yeah, it, and he is. Heroin junkie. You know, all those mm-hmm. times he just keeps standing up to fall back down. And, you know, now, like... His costume entails him wearing, like, a trucker hat and his poison tattoo on his arm. You know, like, this guy's he's been around the block, you know? He, mm-hmm. he, he keeps coming up to fail again, but he's in a position where he can't really go any lower. The next spot down is, is death. He's kind of plateaued, and it's just above hitting rock bottom, yeah. which, which is what I like about him. Because we tell rock bottom with Arsenal, the yeah. rise and fall of Arsenal. He lost an arm and his daughter. And whipped somebody with an electrical cord and then later had relationships, relations with. Yeah. What's her name again? Cheshire. Cheshire, that's right. Yeah. He, he's a guy that's been at the end of his rope more than once. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll have a good thing going. Like, he's in the Justice League. He's got Hawk Girl. Yeah. Which was great. Which was I, great. I think those those issues of Justice League and then and then Brian what was, and then what happened to him, Paul? Yeah, he he went down and he, he goes down hard. Fred Fred Meltzer stopped writing the book, therefore he was kind of off the team. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but even <laughs> even in if you look at like Outsiders, mm-hmm. he wants to put the team back together. He wants to have a purpose. He wants to do something. And he has to fight tooth and nail to get people to trust him again and get on the team. Mm-hmm. Last thing, you know, Nightwing wants to do is be on a team with Roy. You know, he, he is that character that mm-hmm. if he's on your team, you're probably going to get shot. <laughs> he's probably going to screw up. He's probably going to get you in more trouble than you would if you just left him on the corner and not stop and say, oh, hey, Roy, I haven't seen you in a while. But yeah, like when we, when we said this, he was my top choice. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Chris is probably going to take him. So I'll let Chris have him because I know I we're going to be able to talk about it. Yeah. But isn't that an interesting 
character, and that's why you would want to use him, is because he, you know he's the ticking time bomb. Yeah. That's what makes him great. I mean, he is the failed character that that's his, that's his niche. That is his... He has to fail. Yeah. And that's what makes him interesting. He is the one shine. I mean, Nightwing is the... He's the golden shine. He's the, he's the sidekick that succeeded. Mm-hmm. Everyone else goes off into obscurity, basically. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm counting Wally and this new one, too, that, mm-hmm. you know, he became that mantle, but now he's nowhere. But Roy's that one who failed, but he's still around. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, my pick was Aqualad, uh, Garth um, Hyde, you know? He's Tempest. He was Tempest, but, yeah. again, he tried to have that mantle... And failed. Nobody cared about him. I didn't even care in when he died in uh, Blackest Night. I was just like, oh, good, we don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of a crummy character. Exactly. And, and like, they gave him magical powers. Like, he still had nothing. And what's awesome is Paul just did a Google search for Aqualad, and every single one of them that came up was the new Aqualad that was introduced after yeah. Brightest Day or in the new Young Justice cartoon. And you actually had to go to the Wikipedia to see uh, Garth. Like, I don't even know how to sp- uh, pronounce the name of the new one. Yeah, it's weird, Atlantean or something. You can't say it unless you have gills, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, the 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 new version of Aqualad... Black Mance's son, like, he was an interesting character. He's an interesting character to have on your team. I'm going to try to pronounce it. Calder Ahem. Yeah, that was about right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm blanking but, out. But you go, if you, if you look at the original Teen Titans, Dick Grayson Robin... Uh, Roy Harper, Speedy, Aqualad, and Donna Troy, right? Is Wonder Girl. Yeah. Oh, his, his, uh, other name is Jackson Hyde. There we go. Ah, there you go. Which makes sense because it would be a callback to Garth Hyde. But, uh, I think he's the most interesting of the Aquaman sidekicks. Jackson Hyde. The, the new one? Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't shown up in Aquaman. No. But, alright, you have those original core mm-hmm. Teen, Teen Titans. Titans sidekicks. Who's the one that has really nothing else to do, and it's Aqualad? You know, yeah, they made him Tempest. They tried to give him superpowers, magic powers. Hung out with Dolphin. Yeah, that, that was them trying to make him something more than he was. But I, I feel at the same time that's very much what they've always tried to do with Aquaman, too. So I can understand them not really using him or the new Aqualad at all, because they're just trying to cement who Aquaman Aquaman is is now. Like, they've spent years trying to make Aquaman relevant. Mm -hmm. And Brightest Day did that. They spent years afraid that they couldn't make Aquaman relevant. I, I think they spent years attempting it, though. Like, when they had the new series coming out where it was more like sword and sorcery, mm-hmm. like barbarian style. And then 
they brought back Arthur, but he had like the water hand and he was some like yeah. tied to the Merlin like myth somehow. Because and, it was the lady of the lake yeah. that gave him the water hand. And then and then he also stopped being Aquaman and then a guy that looked just like him took over. Well, that was during the sword. Yeah, that sorcery. was the sword and sorcery. That was the well, one that year was later. After, that was after he had the hand, right? Yeah, yeah. that was one year later. Because he he had yeah, but he had that hand for a long time, right? But you're he, right. Yeah. The more sword and sorcery one was after the hand one, which was during one year later after Infinite Crisis, and it didn't last. No, then it just got. And then after that, we had nothing from Aquaman. Yeah. no series, and that's why I said they spent years afraid to try to make Aquaman relevant. Mm-hmm. They even had panels where they were talking about Aquaman. They're like, yeah, but who's he going to fight? And people were like, yeah, exactly. He has Ocean Master. and Black Manta, Ocean Black- Master, and, like, the Fisherman. Like, yeah. People kept listing the same Aquaman villains at every single panel we went to, and that's because there's really not that much for him to do. Besides Somali Pyrus or something, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> With Steel Team 6. Yeah. But uh, but if, even, like, reading those really old Aquamans and Aqualad stories, all they do would be like, oh, a plane's going to crash into the ocean. I'm going to summon some whales and make a weird hover, weird <laughs> place for the plane to land on, the, the back of whales. Sure, it's totally safe for whales to have yeah. planes land on them. Yeah. They love it. <laughs> Pickles. <laughs> maybe that's how we got humpback whales. Yeah, maybe. No, where the tires kicked up. Yes, thanks you for explaining the joke. Yeah. No, no problem, man. Because nobody was going to get it. <laughs> nobody. Um, you got it. Yeah, but I, I reach for all my jokes, so I know. I, I feel like to kind of go to the f- failed is in the fact that they're just crappy characters and they just didn't do what they're supposed to. Jason Todd yeah. is probably the biggest one um, who I thought you were actually going to go with. Because well, I, figured, I figured because we couldn't have two characters think, from, I, from I the think, same... From, well, I you know, think you can because that's who they are. Yeah, like, It is budgeted or it, it is uh, bullet-pointed as two of the worst sidekicks come together to cause me. And you're, you're a big fan of the Red Hood book. I know you always ask me for my issues after like I pick them up. So I assume that you were going to take Jason Todd. I, I, I just felt, because I figured you couldn't have the, both those people. Because it would just be us talking about how great Red Hood and the Outlaws is. Well, we got a lot of talk about how screwed up DC continuity is just one year out, which yeah. I'm happy about. <laughs> and But that's, I, I feel like if you want to talk about a sidekick that's just ultimately a crappy person, Jason Todd is the shining example of that too, though. Um well, one, it started off where he was just Dick Grayson again, where he was a circus performer and that he had black hair. And then they rewrote his continuity to be like, no, no, he, 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 he just idolized Dick Grayson as a kid, uh, with his acrobatic skills. And he's actually a street top with red hair and Batman made him dye his red hair black. And then Grant Morrison took that and that's why you had him coming up with the red hair again, and everybody's like, oh yeah, that did happen. And then him being just a really bad character and people wanting him to die. Yeah, and I mean, that's a lot with just the writing of him, too. Mm-hmm. For what? And, well, and they, then, and then they, I don't think they expected him to die, like, 
everyone voted no, and then they kill him off, and people are like, well, why'd you kill him? No, it was, no, it, they, it was done like... The margin wasn't huge, but people did vote for him to die, and I think it's just because he was a crappy character. Nobody liked him because, I don't want to say he wasn't Dick Grayson, but he was the opposite side of that coin. Like, he was just that brash, I know better than you kid. And he just sucked. Like, nobody enjoyed reading that. Yeah. Like, I, I've never liked any of that older Batman stuff I've read with him. I mean, it hasn't been a lot, but, Dick Grayson's so likable, and you got that again with Tim Drake. Tim Drake. And kind of talking about Jason Todd is very much what Guy Gardner was at the same time. Like, I hated Guy Gardner. Now I love him. Jason Todd, I really enjoy what where he's at now. But you can have where he's at now without having him be that kid that you wanted to see get legend to death and exploded yeah. by the Joker. And... When he did become Red Hood and he was that bad guy, I did, I did enjoy a lot of that. Sorry, I, I'm uh, holding up the, uh, the what do you give the man that has everything? The Superman Annual, where uh, written by Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, where Wonder Woman even remarks, "You look so much like Dick that I forgot for a moment that you're the new Robin." I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. that's exactly what happens, and he's just the new. Dick Grayson. Yeah. You know, at that point, even. So. Yeah. Um, but I, I liked him as, you know, as that villain. And I thought, like, when, uh, what was it? Countdown? When yes. he was with Kyle and Donna, yeah. he had his redeeming kind of things. Like, okay, he's not going to be that bad guy anymore. He's kind of grown. We can expect maybe something different out of him. And then Grant Morrison just pulls him right back and gives him the costume with the red guns and makes him the red hood again as a bad guy, but with a cape. Right, but nobody did anything in between Countdown with him to the Grant Morrison, which was... Well, no, he was he was around. He was in um, Nightwing. I, I'm trying to remember the time frame, so it might and have been... And one year later, he shows up again yeah. and was setting up Nightwing as a murderer. Which but, was, it was just a terrible arc, though, because there was also like that weird, like. So he was already set up to yeah, be a villain again. It's since... one of yeah, but it's one of those things that, that, that okay, we have this Bruce character. This we have this character that we've redeemed. We need to do something with him. Nobody's doing something with him. He's just that easy character to become a, a villain again. Yeah, but they weren't doing in it. But the reason why they used Jason Todd there in Countdown was because they needed somebody to create a love triangle with Donna Troy and. But what I'm, I'm just saying is, yeah, but they they gave him that likability where people did like him. And that's how he works in Red Hood and the Outlaws is mm-hmm. he has that likability. Right. And they keep, you know, they have those moments in there, too, where he's forgiven, he's forgiven Batman. He's not the bad guy Red Hood. He's just a guy that... He's the, the black sheep of the family now. Yeah. yeah. You know, and even in... The latest, um, Batman and Robin. They have him, he comes to help, you know, he comes to help Batman and Damian Robin with the other Robins. Mm-hmm. And they even note, like, uh, what, you know, instead of shooting and killing people, he's shooting everybody in the feet. And he's like, he's maiming them so they won't get back up. And, uh, you know, Damian's like, I see you've, you've, uh, 
your sights are off. And he's like, I just don't want to upset your father. Yeah. You know, he's not, he's not that murderer, bad guy, the grudge to prove Batman that he should have killed the Joker. He's gotten past that mm-hmm. so the character can grow now. And they got there, they kind of got there with Countdown, but then nobody knew what to do with him. Because if or, you go too far with it, you just have another Dick Grayson running around. Yep. If Batman completely forgives him and he completely forgives Batman, you are back to the beginning with the character but, where he's No, but Dick the Grayson. character that we have is the character that we were getting. He still doesn't mind shooting to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And in one issue he's like, I should have I should have killed you. I shouldn't have let you get away with the uh, what was the, the fat woman? Um, I, I can't remember her name. Oh, but, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, he's like, I, sh- I should have killed you. And now I have to come back and, and finally finish it. You know? Yeah. He, we, he, go ahead. Oh, go, no, go ahead. I, I don't know. He needs to stay on. the Dick Grayson that failed in Batman's eyes. Yeah. That, Cause that's what makes and, him interesting. And the guy that will cross over the line that he's not, he's the male version of Huntress. Yeah. And the, like the other point in, like Night of the Owls, Batman didn't ask for his help. Mm-hmm. Alfred did. Right. You know, so you we still haven't seen Batman and him together at any point. And to kind of go back to what you were saying before, Paul, where nobody was doing anything with him, we don't know what the time frame is for everything. Like, after we had Countdown, Grant Morrison could have said, hey, I'm going to be using yeah. him. I don't want anyone conflicting with where I'm going. Because we we don't know how long that was planned out. Because Based we on, all know that Grant Morrison talks to editors and tells them his <laughs> Grant, exact. Plans. Grant Morrison does his own thing. Exactly. Like, so he he might have been submitting pages, and the editor's just like, "Oh, we can't have Jason Todd and anything because Grant's doing something completely different with him." Maybe we would have had more in line with what we're getting right now, but we couldn't get that. I it's all that behind the scenes stuff. I mean, how. How far did uh they say Grant Morrison's into writing the Wonder Woman Earth One? Like 30 pages? Yeah, 30 pages. And that, that was something that's been teased for a while now. Because mm-hmm. I, well, when I, when I looked up Grant Morrison Wonder Woman, he was talking about doing a Wonder Woman project like a year and a half ago in a, an article on right. like Newsarama or Comic Book Resource. But I think it's been over five years that they've been announcing a, like the all-star Wonder Woman book. That's well, that, never gotten that was all being written and drawn by Adam, Adam Hughes, Hughes, and then he hurt his hand, so he couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the whole All Star thing just kind of went away because the Superman one had kind of like a limited shelf life. It was mm-hmm. going to be that story, and then that was it. And then just I don't know what happened with the Batman and Robin because yeah. I bought four issues of that, and I was like, never again. All Star, the All Star line seemed to be the predecessor for the Earth One line, yeah. where these are going to be self-contained stories out of continuity. We can, you know, release them in single issues. People will buy them, but they're really geared for the Barnes & Noble crowd, the Borders crowd, the, you know, trade paperback buying community. And that worked with the Superman ones. You got the two issues in your uh, uh, Absolute Edition, and they sold and sold well. But And then, so that's why I'm like, oh, the All-Star Wonder Woman one probably morphed into the Earth-1 uh, project, just without 
but it seems like, no, this is completely different now. It's, well, based off of what Graham Morrison was saying a while ago, mm-hmm. he was going to make it more based around, like, the sexuality and just, yeah. like, the bondage aspects of Wonder Woman, like, the stuff that everyone's kind of glossed over since the 1940s, because it's not PC. Yeah, because she was graded by somebody that believed in female superiority if, you know, women actually... If a matriarchal society ruled, uh, ruled the world, we'd probably have peace. And that's the concept of Wonder Woman, right? That a female comes to the man's world and tells us how to behave. And he also developed the lie detector. Hence the lesser of truth. But Will, actually, William? no, that's nothing like what Wortham was doing with the book. Yeah. I was thinking about Frederick Wortham. We're actually talking about William Moulton Marston, who created Wonder Woman. And those names just got mixed up in my head for some reason. But you were right about the being bound stuff. He he was a kinky, kinky dude. <laughs> yeah, he, he he had two lovers. Uh, but that so Graham Morrison wants to get back to that, back to that, and exploring the more sexual side of it. But Donna Troy does not play a part in any of <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> Though Donna Troy wasn't really Donna Troy, she was just the younger version of Wonder Woman that peop- the editors kind of screwed up that and then thought it was like a young Wonder Woman, uh, but the teenage sidekick of Wonder Woman, but she never time, was. Time machine. And then she became a s- sidekick somehow. I also believe that is a failed state <laughs> because that wasn't originally what the character was. But uh, yeah, DC is just full of failed sidekicks, left and right. Yeah, and all companies are full of just failed characters. Right. It's hard to you know if we never got Dick Grayson to become Nightwing, and he just would we have still have him as Robin, or would we just have? him go to obscurity and have a new Robin. You know, it's it's tough to say. And he's one of those characters that are extremely well written and a character that continues to grow. Wally West the same way. People Always had continued. to for Dick Grayson, though. Because remember, before Infinite Crisis, he was going to die, but the writers at DC and the editor... Editor staff at DC stopped Dan DiDio from having that actually happen. Like, and I th- think it was a fight to make him into Nightwing. Like, how long did he go without a book before he became Nightwing? Um, did he, he go he, right into it? I want to say he was. He became Nightwing in the 80s, and he was in Teen Titans, and then Titans, and then he got a solo book, like, 92, I want to say. Mm-hmm. It was like, it started off as a miniseries, and then it, he got an ongoing. So, he was around for a while as Nightwing. It might not always have been in his own book, but he was kind of always there. I mean, no, no more different from how we got, you know, spoiler yeah. in Robin, or the Cassandra Cain Batgirl who then had her own book come out after that, but she had been around. Right. Um, I, I think it shows more that DC's really moving away from the whole legacy aspect, though. Right. Because we were talking before the show about how, yeah, basically all the failed psychics that we were thinking of, they're all DC, because Marvel 
when they introduce a character, they're not really a sidekick. They're just their own character working with everyone else. And as Stanley would say, that his idea for Spider-Man was revolutionary because a teenager was the superhero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a sidekick, John. And, I mean, <laughs> the only sidekick, it's not even from Marvel's run of Captain yeah. America. It's timely. Yeah. It's, you know... And then they they had he did have one short lived of a new guy dressing up as Bucky, but you know then he became Nomad and yeah was he also he I think he became the Spirit of Vengeance at one time too I I, I don't know I don't about know. that I don't know. but all I know is like even now with Marvel uh, you would you would think oh these characters would be sidekicks young you know patriot patriot Iron Lad no they. If they, appear in their own books yeah, and they have completely their own separate, book. and they're yeah. the young they're the young Avengers. Uh, these young heroes, they're going to be the Runaways. It's they don't introduce new X Men, new, yeah. new mutants. Yeah, new, like new mutants. Even like the I'm trying to think what the other like Avengers Academy. They're not sidekicks. Yeah, they're, they're just young superheroes. Power Pack. Mm-hmm. Like if you had Marvel's like superhero sidekicks, it'd probably be someone along those lines. But no. They, they've always just kind of done their own thing. Yeah, and those young characters who are school age that are in the schools that we find interesting is what we're going to be talking about next week. Wow, two sidekick episodes. Well, not really sidekicks. Next week's are the young heroes that we're interested in because this is September. We're going back to school. Drink, drinking Oktoberfest, going back to school. Boom, Rodney Dangerfield style. He did go back to school. Yeah. And he didn't get any respect there either. This is one of his no. best movies. That's true. I will respect him for that movie. <laughs> and Paul will also respect you if you rate and review us over on iTunes. Yes, I would. Or send us an email, contact at bagmanboardcast.com. Um, like us over on the Facebook, we're Bag and Board. We have a YouTube channel that has gotten a little bit of neglect lately. It's been a couple weeks since we put up any board, uh, Bag and Board Bites. But with September wrapping up soon, we're going to be talking about we comic books again. We should do a again. lot of zero issue. So, yeah, with uh, with our September look back coming up, we're probably going to be talking about comic books and which ones we might not want to do as a look back, but probably as a bag and board bite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for those comic book reviews there, and always follow us on Twitter because we post what we're doing there, too. Yeah, if you d- basically it's linked up to everything else, so... Yeah. It'll let you know. If you don't follow us on anything else, at least Twitter will keep you up to date on what we do. At Bagged and Board. Yes. And you found this website so and found this podcast, so you know how we spell it. Because, you know, spelling's difficult. Spelling matters. I, I tried a crossword today. <laughs> spelling is difficult. Don't do them in pen. Nope. 